G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 180 of the Trainsmith Podcast. My name is Tim Egan. If you have any questions you'd like to submit it to the show, jump on through to the website, the trainsmith.com. On the home page it has all the information and uh, yeah, jump on through. I I like receiving your questions. And while I'm at it, I want to say thank you to every single person who tunes in and listens to the show. As you can tell, I don't advertise on the show. I'm not trying to plug my own crap. I'm not trying to sell sponsorships. I'm not trying to sell adverts. I'm not, I don't have affiliate links or anything. There's 100% just to help. I, I enjoy helping others. And when I first started this, I had no idea it was going to be so rewarding, actually. I just just thought it would be something cool. I've had several podcasts in the past. Um, a couple of them were really good. Most failed miserably. This is, this is by far the best by a long shot, and it's the most rewarding thing I've, I've done, I reckon. But anyway, on with the show. Today's question comes from Sally. My cousin's called Sally. How long of a break? How long of a break should I have between cycling and running in a in a brick workout? It's a cool question. Um, so, for starters, I do believe if you're going to jump off the bike and go straight into the run, your transitions need to be super super fast. Even if all your run is is just a cool down run. So, let's say you've gone out for a bike ride, you come down. And you just want to do a 10-minute easy run off the bike. Just part of your cool down. Yeah, five minutes for all that matter. Who cares? You need to fly as fast as you can through that transition. Because come race day, it's just going to... When you know, a whole lot's going on around you, you think, Oh, God, have, what, have I missed anything? Oh, whatever, you know, there's my shoes on the bike. Or, you know, you start... It, it eliminates a whole lot of stuff. It just seems flawless. So I do believe if you're going into a brick workout, you make it super quick, as fast as possible. If you've got kids, now this is the best thing you can do because kids love helping out with brick sessions. If you've got kids, tell them as soon as you see, as soon as you, you know, you see mum or dad coming home, I need you guys to just add a whole lot of stress to me. Just yell, scream, carry on. If you've got a little whistle, blow the whistle, go whatever you whatever you can do and as you're as you're putting down your bike you're putting your socks on you're putting your shoes on or, or whatever you got ready for that run they're just carrying on like pork chops and that that just helps that a little bit too but that's not exactly answering your question i know so there's a few things here one thing i like doing for athletes especially when they're just we're just starting to build towards an iron man and or 70.3 I'll get them to do a long bike ride of a morning and then I'll get them to do a run at night, you know, four hours later, do a run. You're getting that fatigue. You've already got the fatigue in your legs from that bike ride. You start running and it just feels like you've just run straight off the bike, especially that first couple of kilometers until you probably warm up. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I'm a big fan of the... The newer you you are in the sport, the more brick workouts you kind of need to do. The less available training hours you have in a week, for example, let's say you've Monday to Friday you've only got an hour a day, and let's say Saturday and Sunday is the only day you can actually go out for a little bit longer. I believe you, brick workouts are more important. 
in those sort of situations because you can fit more into it. So you can do like a 40-minute hard, fast um, bike ride on the wind trainer straight off into a 20-minute run and you can make the first 10, 15 minutes of that run real hard, sharp and back it right off in that last five minutes. So I like like those things. Um, But the longer the ride is, the longer your bike ride is, the bigger the window you have to capitalize on that brick workout. So, for instance, if, um, you know, I'll go for, for a bike ride, for instance. Let's say it's a, a, a four-hour bike ride, and I really can't be bothered running on the road or, you know, that time of the day, there's a lot of traffic lights up there that way, and there's, you know, not what I want to achieve. So I might jump in the car, go for a drive to some bushland and run some trails. Um, I've started running within 15 minutes. That's perfect. That's that's no problem with that. Um, if I've gone for a six-hour bike ride and I wanted to run four hours later, that should be still good too. Now, just on a side note for that, I've, I've mentioned it a little while ago that I started playing around with strength sessions straight after the run. I did a six-week block of doing my long bike ride followed either it was like just like a brick session going straight off my bike straight to the gym which is you know a 33 second drive from my house or or a two and a half minute walk i go straight to the gym and i'm straight into the weights you're starting off in the legs and start off easy but i'm lifting heavy towards the end well it's i'm in maintenance section so uh it, it feels heavy, but I have the I have this I have the weights that I want to lift already marked down on my program. So my, we're all told by many many coaches, and I I did this exact same thing. You don't do, you know, if you're going to go do a bike ride and you're going to be doing a gym session something you know this is or a run or you know the quality is not going to be there in the gym session but because i'm in maintenance section i've already got a preset i didn't find it a problem at all lifting these already set weights now what i found after six weeks of that sometimes i'd go straight after the bike ride sometimes it'll be within two three i think the longest was four hours from a six-hour bike ride what I found was, by the end of that six weeks, I felt incredible the moment I got off that bike. The moment I got off that bike, I walked around, you know, had, had, had a recovery shake or whatever, or, you know, whatever. I started feeling ridiculously fresh. Like, I started questioning myself, thinking, I don't think... It's like, generally in the past, and I've been, doing, I've been consistent in the gym for the last three years. And generally, even right up to the day for the Ironman, if I go for a six-hour bike ride, it feels like I've done a six-hour bike ride. It doesn't feel like I've just come home and I think, I could easily have not, not done a single thing here. I felt ridiculously fresh. Anyway, so I started kept, I started kept playing around with it. As I'm getting close to my Ironman, I, I kept that same same pattern-ish going. Some, a couple of times I couldn't, couldn't make the gym, but it's... Last, and I'll give you another example. Two days ago, I went for a six-hour bike ride in, in ridiculously cold weather. God, that has nothing to do with the story apart from it was ridiculously cold. I swear it was warmer in my refrigerator than it was outside. And my, I can, my personally, my legs can't 
fire in the cold. No matter how hard I try, I just can't get them going. But anyway, I put the six hours in. Within an hour of home, I I felt great, like I was really fresh. And that irritates the hell out of me because I want to come home feeling smashed. But anyway, so I went to the gym. straight Within an hour, I went to the gym. And I started lifting these weights. And I, one of the sets that I do is I do three times 12 of inclined leg press, and I do it at a, at 120 kilos. So I'm in maintenance section, say as I was saying, but I'm not, you know, I don't lift that heavy anyway because I'm, I'm weak. Um, anyway, I'm just, I do my first set, I'm thinking, I, don't, I think this feels light. Anyway, I, I, I stopped it and I'm counting, you know, 20, 40, 60 on that side, 20, 40, 60, yeah, that's 120. I had to put more weight on just so I could actually feel some sort of burning sensation in my legs. It was ridiculous. I've never had anything like that. I come out of the gym, you know, you get you, you feel sore after the gym. You, know, you, you feel like you've accomplished something. Within, I'd say, an hour of that, I'm feeling fresh again. I'm thinking, crikey, this is... I'm not liking this. So my son and I decided to go for a mountain bike ride. So jump back on. So I just jump on my mountain bike. He jumps on his, and we go riding. And I'm just we're riding up these hills, and I, you know, I'm obviously going to be a stronger rider than him um, because he's only nine years old. But I'm flooring up these hills and up these trails, and I think I just felt great. Still, at the end of the day, I felt nothing. The next day, you would think there would be a remote sign of soreness in my legs nothing it was like i started last night um i did my 30k run it was supposed to be yesterday morning but i'm having back problems um so that later on that night i run 30ks i felt bloody fresh so there's something into it i'm not willing to go say you know this is the be all and end all but i'm definitely going to run some more experiments with this but anyway going back to your question see i just went completely to the side so i do apologize so if you went out for an hour bike let's say you jumped on the wind trainer for an hour um and you you did some uh, some vo2 work you you know it hurt by the end of it i think you've got a, a window of 10 15 minutes to jump on that bike i'm gonna go even less than five to ten minutes to jump on jump into your running shoes and start running if it was like a two hour you probably you've you can probably expend it every hour you've got an extra five minutes until you get to four hours then you can excuse me uh really really um expand expand it so yeah, I'd like a little bit more content from you, contest from you. Sorry, I'm trying to get my camera focus here as I'm talking. I'd like a bit more information on the actual sessions that you were, that you want to talk about, and I could give you an exact bit of information that, that would help you. But the the shorter the ride, the less time you have to get running, and the longer the ride is, the more available time you have up your sleeve. But uh, try and do it under stress. I remember talking to, at the time, he was an elite ITU athlete. And in the ITU, in the ITU industry, you know, field, you, you you know, you sneeze, you blow your nose, you know, with one finger and you're 10 seconds back and then you've lost your race. So what he would do, this um, Dylan Evans would do, would be he'd go in, you know, 
practice transition over and over and over again in his house and he'd get his brother with an air horn and a whistle and he'd be carrying on like a, you know like a silly man just behind him yelling and screaming and carrying on and that helped him a lot so just i'm a big fan of uh, alan i won't keep boring you to tears here with stories but alan Pittman, my um mentor and old coach he said to us, he said to us a couple of times, but he definitely said to us once at Ironman Australia, he goes, there's no reason why your transition time can't be the same time as Jason Shortus. Jason Shortus, it was, you know, an Australian legend pro triathlete. He was racing, obviously, at that, that race. And and it kind of got me thinking. And, and it was funny because running out of water, come running, you know, just getting out of water and running into transition one during that race, I had this guy go saying to everyone, you know, patting his hands down, just slow down, don't rush, don't take it easy, take it easy. I'm thinking, frig that. Easy for you to say, I'm out of here. Anyway, I hope I've bored you all to tears. Um, if you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website, trainsmove.com, send me an email, tim at trainsmove.com. Till tomorrow, hooroo.